Greetings, creeps. Welcome to Poor Girl Problems, the podcast slash videocast. Thanks for listening, Mom. This week we are joined by director, writer, producer of The Pale Door, Aaron B. Kuntz. Aaron also did Scare Package, which is one of my favorites from earlier this year. His new film, The Pale Door, hit Shudder today, and it's a witchy western. That's right, cowboys and witches. Look, I would have dressed as a witch, but then I wouldn't be in costume. So you get my best cowpoke with my lucky bandana. All right, let's jump right into our chat with Aaron. I couldn't find my uh, my normal ear thing, so I had to use these like, oh, you're using them too. You're using like the old school ones. Yeah, I usually use like, for a while I was using like the like fancier ones and then just started using these. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I lost, I lost them. That's what happens, so. Oh. <laughs> I'm not good at that. It's like sunglasses. You go on a trip and you lose your sunglasses, you're guaranteed. <laughs> That's what I do with headphones. So. You need one of those little chain things for your glasses. Just wear my headphones. Or, or like the 80s where you have headphones around your neck for no reason, like connected to anything. It doesn't matter. So I always have them on me. For style, uh, obviously. Johnny, Johnny Depp could do it. Hell <laughs> yeah. It's a look. So it's <laughs> Bring a it thing. back, Aaron. Bring it back. <laughs> I can't bring things back. That's not what my strength is in this world. I end things pretty much. I don't bring them back fashion ways. What so. have you tried to bring back and what have you ended? <laughs> oh my God. I don't know. Um, I just think that I think that I have to emulate what I see. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I can't fit in. Because okay. I don't... I, you know, so I don't know if I have any sense. I mean... I do change my glasses and stuff and I try a little bit, but okay. I still kind of wear the same clothes I've worn my whole life. So uh, it doesn't, doesn't really evolve that much for me. So, okay. Like I'm, I'm really... No hat. Like I went from hats constantly to no hats in 2020. That was my like, look what I'm doing. That was my big thing for 2020 also. I almost always have a hat of some sort on, but this year I'm just like, I'm at home a lot and it's not conducive to like resting my head on the couch you know <laughs> yeah yeah no I was like well why am I wearing this like nobody's like who cares just go so. well I wear it for myself and I do like you know catwalk around the house but you know oh, it eventually kind of dropped moments. off yeah <laughs> we need those we need those <laughs> well welcome I'm so happy to sit and chat with you I've wanted to talk with you since I saw a uh, scare package on Joe cool. Bob like forever ago so I'm so excited we finally get to like Hang out yeah. virtually. Yeah, <laughs> official. It's cool. Officially, where are you right now? What state are you in? I never can keep track. <laughs> I yeah, same same here. I had to th- I actually had to think about it. When you said that, I was like, where am I? I am in, I am in Austin because okay. I have not left yet. So I I came back from Orlando from a movie we just finished. I came to Austin to like get my affairs in order. So I'm in an Airbnb temporarily. Uh, and my affairs in order just basically means check my mail because okay. it's where my mail comes. Okay. And then I leave uh, Friday and I go to New York. Well, actually, I stop in Ohio. I'm driving the whole way. It's like 25 hours. Oh, my God. I stop in Ohio because there's another shoot that I'm participating in for just a couple days that are there. (laughs) Then I go to New York where we start a new shoot on January 6th. So a new future. So it's been a slow slow, uh, year for you then. (laughs) I feel bad sometimes because it's it's been a mix of a very good year for me in, in some aspects. But then I'm like, I feel bad for having a good year, you know? And it's like, well, what can I do to help or what can I do to try and change that or, you know, but I'm also, you know, and it's, there were weird times throughout the year too. I'm like, do I want to promote right now? Like this feels weird. I don't feel like I should be promoting anything. Um, So, uh, but yeah, it's been very busy and uh, we've had a lot of, you know, professionally, a lot of good things happen. So 
awesome it's a weird conundrum of 2020 for me i really feel you on the like almost feeling guilty for the good um but from an outside perspective for your good uh don't feel guilty for that because the stuff you're doing is like bringing joy to people <laughs> i mean i hope right <laughs> it does it really cool. does i'm letting you know as like an audience member like it brings joy so don't feel bad about that well, that's why, I mean, that's why, why I make things. So are we going? Is this like happening? It's right going. Now? Yeah. I can okay, cut this out fine. if you want, but yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I don't, <laughs> okay. I have no, I have no problem with that. That's fine. I just was like clarifying. I'm like, should I save this good tidbit for the official side? Um, but no, I mean, that's the reason why I make movies, you know, was like movies were a thing when I was a kid and I had a lot of, you know, family problems and things that I went through. And I always could escape in movies. Like that was my little haven. Like no matter what shit happened during that day, I could come home to this like tube TV in my room and like watch something and just, I felt good and I could get away. And that was my world. So this idea that if maybe perhaps there's a person out there that I don't know lives in a town that I've never been to and they watch something that came from like a weird idea that I had and it gave them an escape or a joy or a laugh or a scare or whatever, that is, uh, I mean, that's the coolest. That's like the coolest thing. <laughs> yeah. That's just, that's the best thing ever. So You are 100% doing that. So keep on keeping on. Make, make all the uh, weird shit. Thank you. That's very kind <laughs> to say. <laughs> Speaking of making weird shit, um, Covens and Cowboys, what was the inspiration for a Wild West witch movie, basically? Yeah, no, it was, uh, I mean, I don't. I don't know that we ever intended to make a, a witchy Western, you know, as uh, uh, Joe Lansdale always calls it. Um, I don't, I think it was really about, we had written, I wanted to make a violent Western. I'd written a story with Cameron Burns, my co-writer, and, you know, we created Scare Package together as well, and we've written everything together. And I had this idea, and I really liked the characters, but I did not like what happened. They kind of get to this ghost town, they start getting picked off, but it just didn't work for me. I didn't really like the dynamics, and I wanted to have a foe that felt like it paralleled them in mm -hmm. some way. And then totally separate from that, I got really fascinated by the Salem Witch Trials, and I was writing this other script that was kind of like loosely based on that, and Cotton Mather, and that whole world. And that script also was just not quite working for me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I kind of like parts of both of these, and maybe this makes sense. So um, I, I had finished making Camera Obscure, my first feature, and we, we, you know, it was after The Witch had come out, Robert Eggers' The Witch, and people were looking for witch movies. And I remember uh, Universal was like, hey, do you have any witch ideas? And I'm like, okay, uh, yeah, of course I do. I've got tons of witch ideas. Like, of course, I, in fact, I have a perfect movie for you. Uh, just let me have till Friday. And, uh, so I'm at camera. we got to write a witch movie right now. So we took these two ideas, we put them together and kind of pitched this weird Western cowboys and witches thing. And they're like, that's not, what is this? Why are the cowboys? Like, we wanted normal witches. And I'm like, what the hell is a normal witch? But whatever. Uh, so that didn't happen. And then I told that story on a panel sitting next to Joe Lansdale, which was weird. I should have been in the audience. I should not be sitting next to him. <laughs> and uh, he's like, he like looks at me. He's like, hey, that's, that's a good idea. You should do that. And then he like goes to the crowd and he's like, what do you think? That's a good idea. You should make that. And everybody like raises their hands <laughs> and we go to dinner that night and he's like, let's, let's, let's do it. Well, let's find a way to make it. And I'm like, well, if Joe Lansdale is telling me that I should make it, then I kind of feel like maybe I should make it. And uh, we did. And then one year to the day of that panel, I was driving to Oklahoma to start directing The Pale Door. That so, is awesome. Yeah, I, mean, crazy. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Weird <laughs> so you guys, 
or a witchy coincidence, <laughs> witchy sure. destiny, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, people in Oklahoma believe that. When we did the stuff we did to that church in there, there were, and we had all these horrible things that happened on the shoot, like hail and tornadoes and flooding. And I mean, everything that go wrong went wrong on that shoot. And I remember someone was like, well, you do that stuff in the, in the church, Aaron, this is what happens. Like, Whoa, okay, all right. So who knows? Hang on, did all that stuff really happen as you guys were shooting this? Yes, we had category five tornadoes. The actual message said, take shelter, your lives are in danger. Oh um, we did not have enough shelters, <laughs> you know, so like I didn't have a shelter, like certain cast and crew had it, but like some of us <laughs> as producers were like, we're the ones that got to figure it out because the crew's good, but not all of us are good. So, and then I've got cast who are like on Instagram, like taking pictures of it and stuff and <laughs> live stories of it. And like their agents are calling like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I can't control them. I put them in the shelter. Now they're out and they think it's pretty. Um, but uh, yeah, that happens. We lost probably a solid two to three days of shooting while we were on set, which um, in an indie film, you can't get back. So there was a lot of compromises that had to be made and, a lot of sequences that had to change. And um, yeah, it was uh, easily the hardest film I've ever had to shoot. Like, oh my God. Far and away. Yeah. That's yeah. terrible. All kinds of natural disasters. I'm from California. So anything other than an earthquake absolutely terrifies the shit out of me. <laughs> we had them all. We had them all. We had hail, true hail, like golf ball size hail that uh -huh. shut us down. We had flooding to the point where we had to go out and Joshua Miller, who's my art director, like slams open the door and he's like pouring down rain. And he's like, the, the, the costumes, gotta flood, go. And he slams the door and we're like, what are you doing? What is happening? And then we go out there and he's hand digging trenches to like reroute the water so it doesn't oh my God. destroy all, we had all vintage costumes, despite mm -hmm. what people say, they were all vintage costumes. <laughs> and we had to like dig these trenches and all that were there. And I mean, it was, oh my God, it was crazy. I mean, the whole thing, we had the lightning struck our generator and then we had to shoot down, like shut down in the middle of the shoot. Um, while an, an actor, uh, Pat Healy, was in like head-to-toe makeup. But the poor guy was like, I remember he couldn't see for a reason. If you've seen the movie, you know, he, he mm -hmm. could not see. And he's sitting there like drinking a smoothie because he can't open his mouth and all this stuff too. And he, I remember he just takes my hand. He's like, Aaron, please tell me we're shooting soon. I'm like, well, we had a problem. Because it's, it's, you know, we already done hours of makeup, so we couldn't, you know, stop and then come back. We had right. to shoot them that night. Yeah. And the power, it's just, you know, so we had no power. And like, it was, oh my I'm God. like, Pat, I need you just to hold tight for me, buddy. Um, I love you. Don't forget I love you, but uh, it's going to be a minute. And, and he just like squeezes my hand. <laughs> right. you know? I'm like, oh my God. So, but I had such a wonderful cast. They were cool with that. But yeah, we had, we had everything thrown at us on this movie. Everything. Yeah. That's intense. That's a lot. <laughs> it was. And even now it still is. We think back on it. We just did another shoot and people were talking about, we just finished Orlando and people were talking about how hard that was. And I'm like, that was not hard at all. That was nothing. <laughs> Let me tell you something yes. about Oklahoma, you know, April, 2019. I got stories. <laughs> and then you break into song as you relay this horrible. <laughs> That's like, the only way to give bad news is to do it. Exactly. In song. Right? Otherwise it's just depressing. <laughs> Don't so, come at me with your bad news unless you're going to sing it to me. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just picturing him uh, hanging tight because that's really all he could do at that point. I'm sure knowing what that makeup is, I'm like, that's all he could do. Aaron was just yeah, hang it was tight. Pretty bad. Sit in the corner, drink your smoothie because you can't move until we come and get you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he fell asleep like that too, which is really creepy. Oh my God. The way that he's there. Yeah. Because I said I wanted, that was my 
give me uh, David Greathouse and Becky Ingram, who are my makeup artists, who are just like fantastic on the movie. And uh, I was like, give me Sam Neill at the end of Event Horizon. You know, that's what I want. Oh, yeah. I, was like, I was like, oh, now more, more, more. And then I felt bad after like more, more. And I'm like, okay, now you have to sit for three and a half hours. Right. Like, oh, God. <laughs> You're just drunk with power. More, more. And meanwhile, this poor actor is just like, that's, oh, God. <laughs> that's me in, I mean, on set, I'm, I, I, I take pride in the fact that I'm a very even kill. I never get too high or too low. But the one time I'm always like, more, more is blood. I'm like, more yeah. blood. Like, splat, no, not enough. Not enough. Especially on Scare Package. Like, yeah. that was, we used 30-some gallons or whatever of blood. Oh, so my was, God. Yeah, that was like, I was like, not enough. <laughs> How many gallons you know. of blood on the pale door? Uh, well, we had different types of blood, right? Mm, so it was a little mm-hmm. different because uh, the, the witches had the black blood so we could differentiate. Uh, not nearly not nearly the same amount. Okay. We weren't really – I mean, well, I guess we did bathe in blood in a season. Yeah. So that was a lot of yes. – that, that right there probably was a good you know, 15, 20 gallons. So <laughs> right. I don't know. Yeah, pretty close that then. Ma- that makes up for it then. Yeah, I think that yeah. puts them yeah. a little closer. Oh, and then we rain blood. Oh, yeah, yeah. we rain blood That's too. That's a lot Jesus. of blood that you guys are going through. <laughs> Yeah, never mind. Never mind. I guess it was. See, I forget how much blood we actually used. Like that's how bad it was. Oh, we had a blood pit. Yes. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Sorry. I don't remember my own movie. Like, what am I doing? And Aaron, of have I you seen this it. movie? Maybe I should have started the interview. Have you seen this movie before we talk yeah, about it? It's like all hard. It's all like hard to like focus. Okay. Gotcha. Deal. Great. Blood. A lot of it. Blood. Lots of it. Bring it on. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, I appreciate the the massive amounts of blood. <laughs> Good. Good. It's a it's a staple. It's a staple for everything <laughs> we do. Yeah, even when we just did uh, when I was just producing, and uh, the other director was like, "Oh, how can we shoot this?" I'm like, "I got an idea. If you do this, and you could like splay the blood back up, you know, when they're doing this action, and it's like, you know." And he's like, "Oh, that's pretty graphic." I'm like, "You know, if you want to do that." And then we did. And I was like, "Okay, awesome. nice." So my my staples on there. So. That's your that's your go to suggestion. I mean, I'm just saying, like maybe if we just throw some blood on it, <laughs> just throw some blood on it, and then pra- all practical, you know. Yes. Like I can't. Yeah. I wish I could talk more about what that movie is because there's a very large component in that film <laughs> that I was like, we're not doing the CGI. Like this has to be practical, and we built a practical component that is a basically. Let's just say we built a monster, okay. and we built a monster uh, that was mechanical in the whole thing, and I talked them into that and found a way to do it and. So that was definitely my stamp on that movie for sure. Yeah. I'm very excited to see that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think people are going to like it. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, the witches, their makeup was amazing and horrifying. There's a lot of things like it checked a lot of boxes for me. There's like eyeball horror, which I'm very squeamish about. There's burn <laughs> horror, which I'm like incredibly squeamish about. Like this one time I poured boiling water on my bare foot and just like lost like a lot of skin just melted off. It was disgusting. But oh god, like Freddy. That's so. Yeah, it was. I was like, I'm gonna have a Freddy foot, and then it like oh. was healed totally fine, like Wolverine, I guess. But so wow. I'm very like squeamish about burn stuff, and there was like a heavy amount of that in this, and I was just like, oh my god. And then the way the witches move is very cool and terrifying. Cool. And it's in a way that also terrifies me. Like whenever I see that in something, something moving in that sort of way that they do, it scares the absolute shit out of me and gives me nightmares. That's cool. I'm glad you noticed that because we actually put a lot of time into just like the way that they maneuver mm-hmm. and the way that they kind of turn, turn around corners and all of that. And uh, like 30 Days Night, I like that's one of the things I liked is like in the distance in 30 Days Night, there were always these, you could see these, the vampires like on the building in the background. Oh, yes. And they're like all over the place in the pale door. I don't think people notice as much, but there's witches hidden all over whenever they're walking around and all. I mean, there's more obvious ones we like tilt up and move around, yeah. but there's others where the camera's just passing by and they're just hiding, you know, right in there and stuff. So 
I feel like I almost always notice it because I'm just like hyper tuned for it. Cause I'm like, Oh God, there's something crawling on the ceiling. Well, the wall. Like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. now I want to rewatch it. Like specifically looking in the background for hidden witches. <laughs> it was fun stuff. Yeah, it was fun. And it was fun to do, you know, to get to play with witch lore like that. You know, like mm-hmm. I said, I had, I had this kind of affinity for affinity. That's the wrong thing for this like horrible atrocity that happened, which was the Salem witch trials, but just understanding what it was, I was fascinated by it, right. like in a true crime kind of way. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what happened here? Like, this is pretty horrific. And then I had read a story of a woman who was pregnant, who tried to leave. And most people, you know, were either hanged or stoned during that time period, but actually overseas, a lot of people were burned. Mm -hmm. But there was one story of a woman who fled, who was pregnant and then was caught. And all she wanted to do was have her baby and not be killed. And then they caught her and burned her. And I was like, that is just the most horrific thing I've ever heard. And that really, you know, I was like, well, I didn't want this to be Cowboy's Good, which is evil, because it's not. It's supposed to, it's all murky. And I think there's, you know, an idea that we're trying to explore about hate begets hate and that you, this is a learned behavior and you make a conscious choice to like go with the steps that you want to go. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, the movie's very personal about my brother and my father, but then, you know, also just about the origin of where these witches came from and then where these cowboys came from and the gang. And I wanted the witches to have a story that was, you know, maybe when these people, these bigots were so convinced that these women, because they were black and could talk different, you know, were witches, uh, that all of a sudden, maybe that hate created the first witches. And I was like, that's an origin story that's interesting to me. And then utilizing the burn motif, I was like, oh, and I could have them like, you know, do the Roald Dahl style witches, but I could have them be burnt and fleshy and all that. <laughs> and I was like, this is kind of cool. So the idea really was, if you took the Roald Dahl style witches and then mm-hmm. burned them, this would be the look they would have. And that excited me, you know? And I was like, okay, of course they can crawl on the wall and ceiling and do this other stuff. I mean, because when they're in this town, the idea is that the powers are very connected to this town mm-hmm. and what's there, because that's where this evil was created and that's where it's kind of tied to. And not, not to give things away, but there's little hints to that, like Pearl, when she's in the trunk, is like covered in bruises. And then when she gets to the town, she has no bruises and stuff like that. And just little hints that you try to layer in that like the town has something to it, you know, that's kind right. of there. Um, but uh, anyway, I'm rambling now. But yes, all of that was important to me to kind of explore. It was just fun, you know, to create your own lore with all of this, all of these amazing things to pull from mm-hmm. was just uh, something that Cameron and I in particular like really enjoyed doing. There's uh, a part where you reference like Mathers the Fourth, and I was like, I felt like such a nerd because I was like, oh, like yeah, like I got so excited for that because I also like in a true crime fascinated way and really intrigued by the witch trials so yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and even like the town he says is danvers and danvers mm-hmm. if you do the etymology of where that came from the town it that is salem you know yes. just, the real was, where it happened <laughs> yeah so like if you say salem i feel like if you said the original line was salem and i was like well mm-hmm. way up salem's way it's like that doesn't they didn't call it salem actually at that time it was only called Salem then so you know for the folks that are willing to kind of you know dive in there's some things like that hints but yeah yeah we layered in a lot of that kind of fun for stuff. nerds like me you can say it I, and i appreciated it <laughs> and i mean look you i make things that appeal to me and luckily there are folks like yourself that they also appeal to that works out you know yes. it validates it so <laughs> absolutely <laughs> um you said it was a deeply personal story having to do with, like your brother and your dad and that's I mean, it's a story of witches and cowboys and there's all that fun stuff to it, but really at the core of it, it is a story about brotherly love and kind of about what we're willing to sacrifice for the people that we love. So that was really for yeah. was like the heart of the story. And then there's all this other cool shit built around that. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, the story of my, my brother is an addict. 
uh, and has been, you know, for, for a while now. And we've been dealing with that as a family and helping him. And I've always kind of felt this reliance to, you know, I, I keep going back, I just came back to Florida and I spent time with him again. We're trying to kind of help him the best that we can. And cause that's, you know, a lifelong struggle that you go through. And, and so I think when I was writing, I was thinking about my brother who had, who had OD'd recently and, um, had survived, but just, you know, you deal with like the reality of what that could have been and what that means and, and the need to like want to be there for him and want to protect him, but you can't always. Right. So that started to really permeate the story. And then part of the reason why my brother has the problems he has is because of our father, who was not the person that we thought he was as a kid. And, you know, I've obviously fictionalized this in a weird way, but, mm -hmm. um, but the idea that, you know, as kids, you like idolize your parents, then you realize that maybe they're not quite what you thought they were. Mm -hmm. And you then, and my mom, though, is a saint, just to be okay. clear. Um, but uh, you realize it's, yeah, for the record, mom, <laughs> not that she would watch this, but just saying, um, she should, she should, your show's great. But um, your mom subscribes, you do not know this? <laughs> oh, my God, of course. Hey, mom, sorry, your dumplings were great over Thanksgiving. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, so so there was something there that I really, and I didn't realize I was trying to say, like I said, the story kind of came out of that weird pitch idea that we had. And I was like, well, what are these characters going to be? And we had written some, you know, the gang a little bit in that previous story, uh, that, that script that wasn't working, I mentioned, but I needed the, the real through line, you know, that made this all work. And all of a sudden, Mer Cameron's just like, so you're just writing about your dad and your brother here, right? And I'm like, <laughs> Oh God. Yeah. That's really coming out, you know? And, um, I mean, so it became a thing and even the speech with Lester and Jake in the church is similar to a moment that I had with my brother when I had to tell him the reality. It was like, so listen, I know you think dad was this and he actually was lying to you most of his life. And I learned that that my father was a habitual liar. And I was like, okay, that's a hard thing to realize. And what does that mean? And then you can make that choice to either follow in their footsteps and deal with the stuff that's there, or you can say, I'm going to be a better person. I'm going to try and do something different. And I'm going to try and make something in my life outside of that. And that's really where the heart of this kind of centered and what I wanted to talk about. Um, and then also mix it in too with this idea of, you know, this gang of cowboys that kind of underestimates all these women that are around them at the same mm -hmm. time too, you know, who like they're looking at, these colors in these threads that are colors, but they have no idea what the pattern of the quilt is. That the witches clearly can see and they're just toying with them. And I thought that was fun, you know, to kind of deal with as well. But, um, but yeah, you know, there's some stuff in there that we're trying to layer in, but then, you know, again, I can't tell that story necessarily. Or I probably could have just, nobody would have bought it. But if I mix in <laughs> cowboys and witches, now we got something, you know, that's right. fun, to, fun yeah. to say and do. So that's all with the, for me, all the best stuff has something really amazing at the heart of it like that. And then you just build this weird, fun world around it, especially in horror. That's always the best horror for me. Is there something at the heart of it? And then you just have this fun, like scary gore and disgusting blood splattered stuff yeah. around like this core of the story. That's what makes horror so special. Hell you know? yeah. I mean, as a kid, <laughs> You know, the the thing was that movie where that dog changed as a kid. Now the thing is like the social political commentary on like understanding ourselves and identity <laughs> and everything. That's like, whoa, there's so much more going on. Right. And you don't, I did not realize that as a kid, but I enjoyed mm -hmm. it as a kid. And now it's a masterpiece as an adult. So, you know, and I think that's what really good horror can do. And let me be clear. I am not comparing what I do to the thing. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I strive for that. Like that is what excites me and that is what I want to do. And. Mm -hmm. You know, and I have had some from folks that uh, had watched The Pale Door in particular and were like, I called my brother after and all this. And I was like, oh, that's really, that's really great, you know, <laughs> and sweet. So that's, that's something that I do hope happens. But, uh, but I think that surprises people because especially folks that saw Scare Package, they're expecting this 
like over the top the entire time and, and that's there and we have that that's in there but you know I also I have other sensibilities and I like to play with tone that's mm-hmm. just something that I like to do and that sets some people off it's so interesting because the critiques of this film are either they're polar opposites it's either <laughs> Why are this brother stuff? I just want all witches and gore. And they're like, why are this witches and gore? I love the brother stuff. And I want the cowboys. And it's, you know, I'm like, yeah, but that's my sensibilities, you know? Like, I love watching, you know, The Wild Bunch. And I love watching The Descent. So I wanted to find a way to combine those. And, you know, that works for some folks and maybe not. But I had fun. So That's a good description of the mashup. Wild Bunch meets The Descent. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, (laughs) that's... that's, yeah, that three ten to Yuma was another one we talked about a yeah. lot. But yeah, like any of those westerns, you know, in this kind of mixing this kind of world, I think really was uh, what we were trying to do, you know, and and uh, which is hard. I do not recommend people try to make period horror. By the way, like it's horror is hard enough with all the gags, and then period with like the western aspects, and especially when you do it in Oklahoma during tornado season. That's so don't do that. <laughs> Unless you're going to like film it and like make the tornado part of it or something, you know, we like talked about that. <laughs> we talked about that, but there's these legalities about putting crew in front of tornadoes. Oh so. goodness. Typical. Yeah. Was, that was a real moment. There was like, Oh, why don't we film the tornadoes? I'm like, wait, no, we can't put the crew. What am I? Never mind. That was stupid. Aaron, shut up. And then just like, everybody get back in the shelter. You know, <laughs> that's such so. like a filmmaker, like a, like a half second, like, but maybe, no, 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 that's stupid. That doesn't make sense. That's not yeah. safe. <laughs> well, that's, it's like in super eight where the one kid and like the train's coming by and he's like production value. <laughs> yeah. That's me. And I'm like, let's do it. Like the witches caused the tornado. Let's right. do it. And then I'm like, uh, no, that's not safe. Never mind. So that's why you have people around me that keep like my, my ideas in check. Cause I just go off. So. It's going to reel, reel you back in. Like, okay, come on. That is out Cameron of the Burns. Yeah, that's Cameron Burns. That's He's you. always like, Aaron, what are you doing? We can't afford that at all. This is too crazy. <laughs> Tone it down, you know? Like, I know, but it's a free I, tornado. We can get a tornado for free. Right it's there. right here. <laughs> yeah, it's right We're there. here. It's here. Just, you know, just roll camera. Yeah. I'm just saying. If you're not comfortable, right. just go back in the shelter. The people that are. <laughs> I'm going to talk myself into this. No, I'm not. I run a lot of crews now. We don't do anything like that. No, never no, allowed. never. Yeah. No. Everyone needs a Cameron in their life also. That's so true. <laughs> That's, oh God. Now he's going to have to see this and he's going to be like, I guess. And he's going to point at the screen and he's like, I knew it. <laughs> I can just see him wagging his finger at it right now. Damn it, Aaron. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> no tornadoes. And then he's like, That's me. I do solve it, yeah. yeah. So he's going to be proud of himself now. He's going to be pissed at you for a second and be like, ah, oh, yeah, that's me reeling him back in, reeling him back in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of, that kind of explains our, our working relationship. So. <laughs> good call, Cameron, for the record. Thank you oh. for keeping everyone safe. <laughs> it's good. Um, so you guys filmed in Oklahoma. Did you fi- Was there like an existing Western town that you found as like a set piece? Yeah. Well, so my company's based out of Austin, it's our main offices. Um, and so I was trying to find a place that was relatively close by because I thought we were going to do it in Texas because mm-hmm. it's a Western. There should right. be opportunities for that. But I couldn't really find the right town that was really economical for what we needed. And yeah, this was in um, just outside of Oklahoma City, a town called Guthrie. And I found this like Old West wedding venue. And people go out there and they do Old West weddings and stuff. And originally I was going to do more to the town and kind of add on to it. But mm-hmm. then we kind of ran out of some money. And so I had to kind of like use a little bit more of what we had. But um, it was uh, there was something about it that was fun for me. The idea that people came there to like profess their love. And then I was going to do the horrible things I was going to do. And if that doesn't say anything about my cynical nature of all of that world, then yes. That was so that was appealing to me. And that was kind of fun. Um, and then we built the church on that ground too, because oh. shockingly, uh, Oklahoma is not cool with us 
turning churches upside down and stuff and the really? things that That's we did. Really? That's so weird. Okay. Straight yeah, up. you know, it was uh, it was not a thing. Not a thing for them. Got some so, weird laws. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were, that was sacrilegious. So, <laughs> oh, okay. Exact words said. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, in fact, we had a lot of people in Oklahoma who refused to work on this movie. Really? When they read the script. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that, that happened. So, again, Oakland was great. I loved being there. <laughs> had great crew, you know, wonder, wonderful, you know, folks that work with the, the film office and everything. But, um, you know, there's a lot of churches. And uh, I was doing things that were not, you know, hi, mom, church friendly. Okay. Because you know? since she's a subscriber, she knows. She knows. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you had... I don't think this gives anything away, but there's like kind of basic, there's two towns basically. So was that all this, like this wedding venue place that you guys found? Is that all on one street? And you, did you use anything as like a double location or did you film like half is one town and half is like another? We, so there's one main kind of like, once they arrive to that town at night where mm -hmm. the witches take them, the Potemkin, uh, that is all one contained town. And that's actually where we lived. So like the brothel rooms and stuff, that's where the crew was staying. So like You lived in the out. brothel. Okay. <laughs> we all lived there. Yeah, we all lived there. There was a house right behind the one main house that's like facing where the saloon brothel was. And I lived there and then Cameron was in the master bedroom uh, closet and he lived there. And uh, we closet. all just it was a big closet though. It had a okay. window and a ceiling fan. So I mean, Oh, it's like, okay. It's like it's a like fancy eight. Harry Potter. Okay. <laughs> yes. That's so funny. Movie yes, Harry exactly. Potter. Okay. Yes, of course, of course. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we had that and we all kind of stayed there and we just kind of crowded in, which was cool. Cause you'd wake, wake up on set and kind of have this whole environment. But then the other town was, um, that was like, it, it was real, the actual saloon we first shot in that saloon is a, a real 1890s saloon that's been maintained this whole time. There's actually in the Dalton gang, which this is like loosely based on, and we call them the Dalton gang, but it's a fictionalized version. Uh, there's actually bullet holes in that wall from where the Dalton gang was shooting people in there. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool. So yeah, that's, that's a real saloon. And um, there's some modernized elements that we try to hide and cover up. But, uh, but other than that, it's a, it's a real saloon. And then the town, he had built this town around that, this little like fake Western town. So oh, we used cool. that for just our little shootout portion and then left there. And then the other location was just uh, the kid's house that we used for the beginning and the end. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. That's awesome. I love that. My dad is a huge, huge, huge fan of Westerns. He's like kind of a cowboy and grew up. Uh, have you been to Joshua Tree? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So he grew up around in Yucca Valley, which is right by Joshua Tree, but there's Pioneer Town there. So yeah. like, yeah, my grandma like worked there often and is like my great grandma oh, had wow. a restaurant there. So like my family has a ton of history there. So I grew up going there. So it's very That's nostalgic cool. for me when I see like Western towns and stuff on. on yeah, that would have been the dream, one of the dream places to shoot <laughs> if we could have. That's a, such a cool place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love yeah. it. That's fun. Cool. <laughs> but the spur in the mouth. Oh, that part was like, that got me good. <laughs> oh, yeah. It that was, was like a... <laughs> That's been there since the, the original. Like the very, very first draft. One of the first things I ever did because I wanted to have a character like that. And I was like, well, how can I, without having like a speech or something, like show what this character is like? And that's where we did the Dodd Spur scene. So, uh, okay. yeah, and that stayed the whole time. That maintained, that was one of the only pieces of the script that never changed from the very beginning to like the very end. You knew that and was going to be in there either way. Yeah, I don't know what it was. I liked it. I thought there was something fun. I like playing with teeth, sounds of teeth and stuff. They yeah. mess me up too. So that's why it makes me cringe than the idea that that, that reaction would happen. It's making so, me so uncomfortable just talking about it. Right yeah, we kept adding. Oh, that's another one of my more moments, you know, where I was like, give me more sounds of the metal hitting the teeth and all this, you know. And 
So we went for that was Holt Boggs who did that and put the spur in his mouth, and he's such a trooper. <laughs> we made like a, a little fake one, a uh, dulled down one, but mm-hmm. uh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I like that bit, and it, I, I really like what um, Greg McLennan, my editor, kind of like we talked about doing, which because we that was a moment where we did the dark and the light and kind of mixed Jake, who's like with this woman who's hurt and he can't kill her, he can't mm-hmm. you know take a step forward, and then you have Dodd and Jake's wearing white and you have Dodd is wearing black. And he's just like toying with someone and putting spurs in their mouth and all this kind of horrible, horrible things. <laughs> um, but it was nice to show them on those paths, like on opposite sides so that they can converge, you know, toward mm-hmm. the end. But yeah. It was like a vintage version of Bite the Curb. Like, oof. <laughs> we referenced that. We talked about that in American <laughs> History X. Yeah, yeah. We talked about that scene and the sound of the teeth on, mm-hmm. on the curb in American History X was something that we thought about. Yeah. yeah. And then when, when Pat's biting the glass... Uh, Wiley is, is biting the glass that also was like one of those things so I was like ooh that could be you know there's something yeah. all those kind of things play play with it so. it's one of those things that just like works its way into your psyche and then it never ever leaves you so thank you for that oh good that's great <laughs> that's Appre- appreciate all the trauma you have put me through <laughs> love it that's, a, that's good trauma though it's, good. it's, a, it's the fun Tra- kind of trauma <laughs> I love all I'm just saying like I'm saying your trauma is good like that's it's great good. it's to- good no, okay. when I say that, I mean that in a complimentary fashion. So it's definitely cool. good. Or good for you, at least. <laughs> yeah, but it was still trauma. I can't say, you know. Anyway. Yeah, right. Sorry. I digress. Yeah. Sir, who are you to say? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, what am I doing? So. <laughs> you also had a very kick-ass cast on this. Um, are there certain people that you had in mind very early on? Or how did this all come about? Yeah, well, the first person... That, well, well, first off, there's always Noah, Noah Segan's in everything that I do. So there was always going to be a part for Noah. So I wrote that part for Noah. I liked, I love the way he plays the comedic timing bits and stuff. And I had, um, you know, love what he was doing in Knives Out. And I mean, that came out somewhere, but I knew, I knew what his character was like in that. Mm-hmm. And then same in Looper even, you know, he kind of plays this kind of clumsy, goofy guy. And I just thought it'd be fun to have that in the gang. And I knew, so I knew he was going to be in. But yeah, so there's no, I think Jeremy King was in Scare Package was always going to be something that I was going to have in. So I had to kill him because I have a whole, that's a whole, I kill him in every movie too. Had to kill him. Um, it's in the contract. Yeah. Uh, no, he will be killed in every movie I direct. Like 100%. I will find a way. Um, so, uh, but, but yeah. And then the one in particular that I really wrote for an actor that I did not know was uh, Maria Melora Walters. So like she was, I, I'm a huge Paul Thomas Anderson fan and Magnolia is, I'm going to have the outline of Magnolia tattoo, but like, <laughs> it's uh, one of the reasons why I make movies and her look at the end of Magnolia, like really, really changed me. It deci- I, I decided that week after seeing that movie that I was going to go to film school and it was just such a huge influence on me. So um, I based, I mean, I, I could have just named the character Melora, but I like to have different names. So it just changed it to Maria, <laughs> but um, that was the whole thing. And I, you know, and, and we've become good friends since. I was actually just texting with her today, and that's like such a surreal, crazy thing that's to me. Cool. Because, yeah, it was just, you know, this movie and this moment and like what she did, her look at the end of that movie that affected me so much that made me want to create something like that or strive to. Dear God, I can't make things like that. I hope to one day. But, uh, you know, to strive to that and give you that North Star of something that just mm-hmm. can evoke so much craft and emotion out of a performance of someone. And then to be able to hire her, you know, in this movie was like, I cried. So oh, totally I, cried. I, I wrote her a letter. <laughs> I wrote her a letter and I'm just like, oh my God, you know. And then um, she's my muse and we've, we've, you know, been friends ever since. And it's just wonderful. And 
that was there. So yeah, so that was that was you know getting Malora was so amazing, and then I uh, David Guillermo, my casting director. I was like, look, I kind of want to do the Avengers of indie horror actors, like, <laughs> you know, just the the, un, the unknown secondary characters and all these movies that I love that don't get the time to shine, you know, and Stan Shaw, who steals every scene he's in in every movie. <laughs> and I was like, I want, you know, Stan's perfect because I remember Monster Squad and as a kid with my mom, who again, watching right now, of course, <laughs> uh, she loved Fried Green Tomatoes. And I remember her always being like, that 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 guy there, that that Stan Stan Sean, that's his name. He's good. He's good. And I remember that as a kid, you know. Right. And so to get to hire him, you know, was really really great. And then I had known Pat uh, a little bit from Starry Eyes, uh, which I was a producer on, and and so kind of knew him. So I knew I wanted Pat in something, and had to find the right thing. He, Pat was actually a last minute replacement because uh, we were some a bunch of actors were shifting, and it's in ensembles like this and you hire really talented people, their schedules are always completely insane. So mm -hmm. it was hard for us to juggle. But um, I'm so, so, so glad I got to work with Pat in this facility. And then, um, yeah, Bill Sage. Oh, my God, Bill's. Like, I loved him in We Are What We Are. Uh, he's such an amazing character actor. And Joe Lansdale, I'd worked with him a few times as well, and they were buddies. So that was like a no-brainer. Um, and then I love, I love Zack Knight. I love Happy Endings. I think that's such a funny show, and not enough people talk about it. And... I thought it was like the new girl before new girl, in my opinion. <laughs> and, uh, and so he was so wonderful, but I knew that he had the chops. I knew that he wanted, and Noah and him had been friends. So Noah's like, look, he wants to do something like this. And I was like, oh, he's good. I remember him in the Hitcher remake and with Sean Bean. And I was like, this guy's got it. Like, Zach's a really good actor. So, and I needed somebody charismatic as Duncan that could kind of be this you know, they just kind of had, the, I wanted someone handsome and gruff that could kind of pull this mm -hmm. off and be, the, you know, that typical leader of the gang kind of, you know, facility. And, and he had that in spades. I mean, he came in as a cowboy, you know, and I gave him his hat when we left and he's, you know, he's ridiculous. Nice. But uh, <laughs> I love, I love Zach. And then, yeah, I mean, goodness. Oh, and then Tina Parker to play Brenda was amazing. Like, again, she steals these scenes in Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad. And, you know, so all of these folks, and then I had to surround them, you know, basically with my, my Jake, you know, and find, find him. So we were on a search for, for our Jake for a while. Um, and then I remember I'd watched one of the seasons of 13 Reasons Why. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, this kid's, and I wrote his name down. I was like, he's really, really good. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, we, we chatted and, and he just, he's just, he's who gives me hope for the next generation of humans. Like, you know, if I'm like, when I get, you know, upset about politics and the world and things that are going on and I'm like, well, maybe this next generation is going to be good. And like, that is Devin, such the compliment. <laughs> oh, Devin Druid is everything that is good on this earth. And, and is, he's like, so understanding of the opportunities that he has and like he bought his mom a house with what he's doing and he's so great with like his family and you know and what he's trying to do and he's really trying to kind of elicit change and he's trying to be good in the world and um he just was great and him and zach had they have similar eyes and noses so it was just like perfect um and then even the one kind of unknown in the gang was uh, james whitecloud who played chief and that was a really important character for me because Number one, you're just a part of this game this entire time. And I wanted him to evoke all this motion by being a mute. And I wanted him to play homage to the chief character in One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest, which is one of my favorite mm -hmm. movies ever. And that is actually his great uncle. What? He is that actor. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, unbelievable. So, like, the reason why he's an actor is because his uncle, who I can't remember his name right now. Oh, my goodness. I can't really remember his name. But um, he was the actor in One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest. And that's what got him as, you know, a young kid to say, I want to be an actor like my uncle. 
And then to get to hire him to play this part as an homage to this family member of his, uh, it's just amazing. And James is so talented. In fact, when we got there, I was like, oh, maybe I should beef up the role. But then we had this whole ensemble. That I was like, oh, I don't even know what, a, like, it was already going to get too long and all this. And, right. um, so I hope to work with him again and give him more, that people, you know, show off what he could do because he's such a great actor. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, it, we're, we're extremely like, oh, Natasha Bassett. Sorry, Natasha, who plays Pearl. <laughs> also amazing. You know, I saw her in a scene in um, the Coen Brothers film. Which one was it? Uh, but she, she, again, another person that, you're like watching a movie and they steal a scene, mm -hmm. you know, and that we had all these people and I was like, well, let's give them all moments. Let's give each of them like a moment to shine. And that's what I try to do with my actors. And I'm completely in awe with what they do. And I'm so lucky that everybody agreed to do this movie. So um, it was great. It was, it's so cool. I love, I love, I mean, I love all of them so much. And you'll hear a lot of people talk about, oh, I love my actors. And then behind the scenes, they're really like, I'm never working with that person again and all this <laughs> stuff. That's not the case. I truly adore all of them. And, uh, you know, we're doing this, uh, you know, another piece real quick, this Q&A for Saturday night. And they're just all like, oh, I can't wait. We're so excited. And we're going to do the Q&A together and all this because we didn't get to have our group screening due to COVID. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of treating our Shutter premiere a little bit as a group screening. And uh, it's really exciting. But they're just lovable, great humans. And I'm really, really lucky to have had them. I love the cast. I love the movie. But what I love the most is hearing you talk about how you love the cast because I feel like it genuinely like exudes from you and you're like beaming and it feels so genuine. Like you fucking oh. love this cast. And I love that. I so do. Much. I do. <laughs> like, I'm just so grateful. You know, I mean, it's a low budget movie and these are people who are doing all these amazing things and they didn't have to do this, you know, like they, they did it because they believed in the script and they believe in the project. And, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, everyone on this movie like broke their backs to get this thing made and, and, I just, you know, to have this like weird idea and to get these people to like come together and like, yeah, I want to support that. I want to do it. Like I'm so humbled and, and they're just people I've loved my whole life, you know? And I just, I'm like, why are you doing this for me? Like, have, like what is going on? So it's, uh, it's great. Cause it's, it's a cool it's project, true. Aaron. Cause it was a cool project and they're like, hell yeah, we want to sign up for that. Why wouldn't we sign up for that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they did. It was too late at that point. You know? and I was like, we have them. Yeah. You're mine now. Yeah. More blood. <laughs> So technically, today, The Pale Door drops on Shutter, and Saturday night is a scene or watch party, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, scene or watch party. Is that, with, which, is that through Fangoria? Fangoria? Yeah, yeah, it's through, okay. through Fango, and uh, yeah, we're doing, which is cool, because originally we were working with Fango on the movie, and then like all this stuff happened, and then we weren't working with Fango on the movie mm -hmm. anymore. So now to have like the new Fango come back around <laughs> and help with the movie, it's like, okay, cool. You know, there's a, there's a small tidbit. If you actually watch the commentary track at the very beginning, you'll hear a chainsaw sound that plays the commentary. It's the Fangoria chainsaw that we didn't remove when we changed the commentary. Oh, wow. So you still hear it. It's, uh, it's funny. So there's remnants um, for when that whole unfortunate situation happened. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I'm glad I'm grateful to Tara and the new, the new folks at Fango for you know, giving us a platform and us talk about our movie, which is really cool. So yeah, we're doing that Saturday night. And should be a lot of fun. And we'll put some interesting tidbits. And then I'll probably start uh, posting some cool... We have so many insane behind-the-scenes photos of this movie that I've like held on to for so long. I'll start posting some of those like on Twitter and stuff and Instagram and Sweet. showing showing fun, fun, weird, witchy stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. That's a yeah. good band name or maybe an album name. Weird, fun, witchy, weird stuff. witchy stuff. Fun, yeah, fun weird, weird, witchy stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. There, there's weird and there's fun, weird. <laughs> That's true. The FWWS. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, they're good. They're good. Yeah. <laughs> sure. That works. It's not nearly as good after you said that. Rolls right off the tongue. <laughs> 
I was there for it and then you ruined it. Okay. I mean, it's okay. It's what I, mean, I do. It's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you it is fun to have. Idea. Let me kill it. <laughs> no, but it is, it is fun to have. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's what I do, right? Um, to have like, because when you have these people who are going through, I mean, head to toe makeup for like four hours to do these witches and they're people, you know, and then they're like hanging out and they're drinking smoothies and, you know, all this stuff. And, and then you're, you're, they're hanging, you know, like James Whitecloud brought his daughter and there's like a really funny moment where it's like Bill Sage and he's talking to one of the witches he became friends with. And then the daughter's like playing with the witches and they're like playing and it's like this adorable photo and, and it's just those kind of moments on set that can never happen, you know, right. that's, that, <laughs> until you have all these elements together. And it's, um, I have some like hilarious videos of just, you know, Bill, Bill reading a book. He was always reading a book in the background. And then I would like pan over to somebody else and it's a witch. And she's like, like falling asleep <laughs> in a chair, like in all witch makeup, you know? So it was, it was funny. Behind the scenes for, from like specifically from horror movies are always the best because you have yeah. the weird, weird shit like somebody that's just fucking covered in blood or like burnt or like in latex and weird makeup and a monster and then normal life happening next to them. And then they're doing something like sipping coffee, you know, like the Boris yeah. Karloff drinking his tea. Like those yeah. kinds of pictures are the best. Yeah. What is the one with the, I think it's, it's the Michael Myers. He's like drinking with his yep. helmet. You know, with the Dr. Helmet. Pepper. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like stuff like that. Or there's aliens sitting on the, uh, you know, the, the aliens sitting on the, the Apple box and stuff like that. Just, <laughs> I love stuff like that. Yeah. It's just so, it's so crazy. So, <laughs> that is one fun. of my greatest joys in life. So please start posting those behind the scenes. <laughs> well, for you, for you, for, for me yeah. specifically, you heard it here first. All right. There it is. <laughs> Deal. Deal. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right, you ready for these questions? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. I did not get... Okay, yes. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> you had told me about them, and I was like, I need to prep, but then I've been calls right up until this moment. I know what they are. Okay, I'm good, but I'm good. Okay. You don't really need to prep. I just send them so people aren't like, oh, they don't like freak out like on the spot. It's more just so it's like, in case you're the kind of person who like will freak out on the spot, I'll send them to you so you don't freak out, yeah. you know? No, I'll freak out after the spot, if that makes yeah. sense. Yes, and then that's I'll be what, like, I what do did too. I do? What did I say? Was that awful? <laughs> Like, oh, God, that was embarrassing. That's what I'll do later. I'm going to message you and be like, are you freaking out after the spot again? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anytime you see me post anything that I'm in, I guarantee you after that, I'm like, oh, it was probably awful. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so you, I just think of every time. So, okay. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay. All right. Who's your favorite final girl? Uh, oh, Ginny. Ginny. So, okay. Well, here's the My first inclination would be, you know, like Ripley, Alien, mm -hmm. I think makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, and then, I mean, Heather... There's also, but but I love Ginny and Friday Thirteenth Part Two. Like I just think, I think as kind of an, a more lesser known, you know, final girl who just changes because especially during that time period, you have to think about this because she was not, you know, she wasn't a virgin, right? In that, but still was a final girl. Mm -hmm. She's like, you know, owning some dude in chess, you know, in games. <laughs> There's like all these moments where she's subtly you know, showing up all the men in, mm -hmm. in the movie. Like there's a guy who comes to um, like to fix her car or something, whatever it is. And he's like, man, typical mansplaining, like, here's what you do. And she's just like, okay, dude. And like turns it on with <laughs> his heads on there. And he's like, oh, never mind. You know, <laughs> things like that. And she just has, she owns her character. And, and I think that was something really nice. There's also a really good moment where, you know, in the typical Friday the 13th lore, which I love Friday the 13th. And, but 
the way, you know, you see the woman that's undressing and like, okay, this is going to be like a nudity scene, mm-hmm. like a typical nudity scene. But then with, with Ginny, she takes off her clothes and then she immediately puts more clothes on. And then from that point on, she doesn't take off her clothes again. And, and I think it's like she owns herself in a different way to still become the final girl. And I just think that's really, really cool. And when we were doing Scare Package, because uh, t- I had two final girls for the end that were kind of like switching and it was like a twist. And um, I had them, I was like, look, watch Ginny and watch Ginny in the background. I think it's named um, Amy Lee, is Amy Lee? I can't remember the name of the actress, but um, watch the way that she's like constantly like rolling her eyes and like, oh, these guys and the frustration <laughs> that she has with all the men who have no idea what they're doing. Uh, and I thought that was really great. So if you watch like Zoe Graham's character in Scare Package in particular, in the background, she's always like, what is going on? The whole time. And it's very much an homage to Ginny. So I think Ginny... Friday 13 Part 2 is fantastic. I very much appreciate that answer. I'm a Ginny fan, so I really like that. And I don't, I don't really hear her brought up very often. Like, not yeah, as often I mean, as she should be, but... <laughs> look, there's icons, right? Yes. You know, there's there's the, the Heather Langenkamps and, mm-hmm. you know, Scorny Weavers and, and these that, that are there and, 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 and should be that are, mm-hmm. you know... But everybody's going to talk about those. But Ginny needs a little love, too. Ginny's good. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag love for Ginny. Let's get it going. All right. <laughs> Deal. Um, what is your most traumatic horror experience? It can be with a movie or real life horror experience. Oh God, real life horror experience. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a different podcast. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, Oh shit, think, it's going to get dark. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, uh, well here, so horror experience, like horror movie experience, okay. I would say I, so the only thing that scares me in movies is aliens like, but like specifically the like gray aliens with like the big eyes in there. And that's mm. it's really because statistically they exist, right? So like some of the smartest people in the world are like, there are definitely aliens out there, you know? And I hear these people say this and I'm like, well, then what does that mean? Like, so if we know that statistically there are aliens out there, then maybe this is true. Maybe they're real. So that, that like kind of messes with my head. Whereas everything else I can like rationalize and like, I don't believe in ghosts and things like that and all that and those things. So this is... That's the one that like I can't rationalize. Okay. So it messes with me. So there was a movie, uh, Christopher Walken, uh, Communion, that came out in the mid 80s. And I don't know where I saw it or what the situation necessarily was, but he like wakes up and he's basically like, stuck to the bed and there's these aliens all around him. And I had that reoccurring nightmare multiple times. Like I would wake <laughs> up and the aliens were sitting there and I mean... I would scream. Like, I would scream <laughs> as a kid. It was so bad. Uh, Fire in the Sky messed me up a little bit too, uh, you know, in the same kind of world. But uh, just that particular moment, I don't know what it is. This is the angle that they shot it. I can't remember the director either, but the angle that they shot it from, like, the back of the bed. And it was really kind of a POV kind of shot. So when Walken's, like, sitting up, it is, it's like you in bed, and then you see them, like, right there. And you're just like, oh, my God. Like, I can't take it. And also the little, like, the wavy arms. Ooh, you, know. Like, you know what I mean? That's what they do, right? And they have that. Anyway, it's not, it's not good. It's not good. So those, those are, that reoccurring dream, like, freaked me out. Um, and then the first time I saw Alien also. But for a different reason. Because, like, that actually wasn't, that Alien didn't, doesn't scare me in the way that like mm-hmm. the greys do if you will yeah, right. um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a thing um, you know but uh, and they probably built Stonehenge you know so like, <laughs> let's not get into all this but um, but that the first time I saw Alien was a movie that I did not know that I could be scared like that like as a kid mm. just the tension and all that so that really you know like that night I could not sleep at all and I was at my friend Matt White's house and um, it was a Sunday night. We had like got like a tombstone pizza after church with my family <laughs> and we snuck around and we went and bought the pizza from 
this grocery store. And then there was always the little VHS rental place in a grocery store back then. <laughs> so we like snuck it in like under like weekend at Bernie's or something. I don't know what it was. <laughs> and we're like, oh, just this. And like managed to like slide it in. And his dad didn't notice. And then we we watched it. And we shouldn't have. We should not have watched that movie as kids because <laughs> it was really scary. So that was probably another one. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. I always love that. And I watched it and I shouldn't have. I snuck this movie and I damn well should not have been watching it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I watched a lot of stuff on, I grew up on Joe Bob Briggs and I watched a lot of stuff on like his Monster Vision, but those were always edited. Because yeah. I wasn't allowed to watch horror films as a kid. My mom was very restrictive. Hi, mom. Sorry. <laughs> and, um, you know, she would not allow that. And uh, so I had to sneak around, you know, to do all this stuff. So it made those movie, those experiences like very singularly unique and scary to me because it was like this was this moment and I had to be so focused on it or I had to like you know hide in a closet and I remember hiding and watching Nightmare on Elm Street in the closet and stuff like that like things like that so yeah I just picture you in the closet not a fancy bougie Harry Potter closet like you had <laughs> no. in Oklahoma but just a regular the closet no. and you're, you're like just watching Yes. I pulled the TV like all the way over there, pulled the door and I couldn't get it to close all the way. And I'm like, you know, using my clothes to like hide the, you know, everything. And yeah, it was, I did. I totally did that. Oh my God. I love it. I also love kid rationalization. You know what I mean? Like, let me hide in this freaking closet and I'll be safe from here. I just have my yeah. clothes surrounding me totally safe and I can watch from the yeah. comfort of the closet. <laughs> there was something, well, it's like, it's also like enclosed, you know, like yeah. nobody's sneaking up on me because I know what's in there. But also, it's also my mom. I couldn't let my mom find me and hear it because <laughs> if she heard that, there weren't like headphones you could plug in back then, you know, or whatever. So I had to be like further away and I hated turning it down too low because I wanted to, to hear it. So that was part of it too. It was all a combination. So I was really thinking things through. You basically had a movie screening room. You had a mini movie theater. You had like a baby man cave situation happening. I, <laughs> I kind of did. I kind of did. Well, I also remember, I remember going to see Howard the Duck with my parents <laughs> when I was a kid at the drive-in. And I remember I, my, my dad had a moonroof and I would sit at the top and my feet would like dangle. And then behind me, they were playing Dream Warriors. And I was like, "Woo!" And I turn, I would turn around and like watch Dream Warriors, you know, from there. <laughs> and that was what that was what made me want to see it. So I went and found my friend, actually Sean Talley, who's now a partner with Paper Street. He had a, he was the one who had a copy of it on VHS that he recorded. So he gave me a copy, and I snuck into my closet to to watch it after <laughs> after that. So it was all like multiple layers of deceit there. So. I love this. See, I I mean, I I love the instant access that we have to things. It's super convenient, streaming and such. But you really had to work for it back in like the eighties growing up. You like yeah. you had a friend who recorded it on VHS. You know what I mean? Like you had to work for this shit. You couldn't just like randomly get it or even if the video store had it, but your parents wouldn't let you get it, you had to be creative with your deceit. <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean it's been it is kids these days. Right. So lucky. They, got, they had it so easy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember being in film school and there was um it's still there. It's called Stardust Video in Orlando. I went to Full Sail in Orlando and there was this, and they had this like cult video room in the back and we would go there and I would just, we would literally like blind ourselves and just turn around and then point and then get whatever movie it was. Usually some <laughs> trauma stuff or some weird things yes. or whatever. And, but even that was like, you had, there was no database to like know what this stuff was <laughs> or figuring this, it was just, I mean, I guess it probably was something on the internet, but like we didn't really know that at the time. Yeah. So, you know, this is like early 2000s and it just was, uh, yeah. But I mean, you know, that, those experiences were great to like discover something in like mm -hmm. a weird way, I think is a, you know, underrated, underrated moment to kind of have. So, but you know, there's still, I think that now there's so much stuff that's out there that you could still 
discover something on Netflix or whatever too, I guess, or Shudder, I would recommend. On Shudder, yes. yes. I should be what, promoting Shudder, what am I doing? Come on, yeah. man, get it together. <laughs> What's up? What's up? Sorry. No, you totally could, but it's just, there's something so fucking charming about, you know, like in the video store with your friends and then picking something based honestly on the cover and then maybe you read the synopsis and you're like, okay, yeah, this sounds cool. And then you find the weirdest shit. You go home and you're with your friends and you're like, this is way fucking weirder than I ever could have even imagined. Like, what are we watching right now? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that happened all the time. It's like, what the hell is this? <laughs> and then you look up that director and like, let's get, that's the same guy. Right. No way. <laughs> yeah. Like, whatever. Or it's like, it's the, remember the killer? Like, it, all those moments would happen. And that just became a really fun thing. And that's why, you know, Scare Package takes place at a video store, you know? And yes. <laughs> that was part of that. And those, those conversations between Sam and, you know, Chad and, and stuff were a little of me and my friends and mm-hmm. our dorkiness of just like, you haven't seen this? <laughs> like, clear your schedule. You know, stupid shit like that. So, yeah. Well, that's why it's so great, though, because it's like people that grew up in that, you know, and grew up to be that are watching this. And it's like, hell yeah, yes, it's this. Yeah. It's exactly like this. That's me talking to my friends. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> yes, yes, completely, completely. That's <laughs> That's what it was. And we would do those little tests with each other and stuff. And, and <laughs> there is a world of like horror gatekeeping that I think we need to be better about. And I think there's something to do with, um, you know, just understanding the fandom of it. But like when you are that, when I, when I think of that moment in Scare Package in particular, it's more so not like, are you worthy of talking to me about horror? It's more like my friends and I who would compete with each other. Right. About like, I was the Jason Voorhees guy and he was the Freddy <laughs> guy. And I'm like, no, Freddy be telling a stupid joke by the time, and Jason's one cutting off his head and you know, whatever. And he's like, no, Freddy would get into his dream. And I'm like, when does Jason sleep? Like, come on. You know, and you get into that world and that's what those things were about for me, not right. creating, because, it, you know, horror needs to be, and is being explored by all of these new people and all these different shapes, sizes, and, and identity, everything, you know, and it's wonderful. And that's a really, really cool thing. So there is a gatekeeping thing we can be better about, but there is something fun about the those like horror nerds fighting against yes, each other. Yes, 100%. About, you know, what we, what we liked, our favorite kills and stuff like that. And I, I still love that and I miss that. Gatekeeping, not fun. Having nerdy ass arguments with your friends who are on the same level into that stuff, yes. that's super fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the exactly. most fun. <laughs> You're ridiculous. Come on, yeah. it's a sleeping bag kill. Come on, everybody knows that. <laughs> and then anyone watching that from an outside perspective is like, what the fuck are they talking about? Yeah. But there's somebody also watching now who's like, yeah, sleeping bag kill, part seven, new blood. Yes, yes that's exactly. I know it. You know? <laughs> and somebody else is like, no, it's Jason X when his yes. face goes in. Yeah. So it's like, well, that's I, why I, I, I so loved that I like the first time I saw Scare Package was on Joe Bob. And that was like the perfect avenue for it because fucking everybody watching that, you know, was like, no, no, it was a sleeping bag kill. No, it was definitely this in part eight, you know, like yeah. <laughs> it was a yeah. whole audience of people who literally have that conversation with their friends taking that in. <laughs> yeah. And it's so, it's so crazy. Like that, the whole night was so unbelievably special. And I mean, I directed Joe Bob, I know John, you know, and, you know, I've gotten to know him and, and he's just like a wonderful, caring person. Um, and I could say that from all, every experience I've had. And, um, but then, to see when when the movie was actually playing on his show mm-hmm. and then for him to be like Joe Bob you know says check it out and I mean I truly like I cried again I mean it was just like this <laughs> moment of like oh my god like I watched this growing up this was a thing and here it is again and he's showing our movie and he's talking about it and it just it just was like this crazy thing and we couldn't tell anybody we couldn't tell anybody that was going to happen yeah and so it was so cool my phone actually crashed because oh, Twitter God. went nuts at that moment. And uh, I mean, 
Yeah, I, I even searched. There was a night I was really down, and uh, I went back and searched for some of the tweets from that night, and like you know, was looking back, and, and I was like, oh, what a great, you know, and it yeah. helped me back up, you yes. know, and helped me get through that like, day. Relive so, that joy of that moment a little bit. Hell yeah. Yeah, and just the way that people responded. I mean, that mm-hmm. was the thing. It was just these people that I don't know who were just like, oh my god, this is like this, and they remembered this, and the way they were, and. It's, um, you know, I'm so, I, I try to be very active with everyone who's talking about the movies that we make because mm-hmm. I just want them to know that, like, how much we appreciate it, you know, yeah. and how much it matters. Because, like, I see it, you know, and, and uh, the good and the bad, you know, and I look at it and I try to engage. And people who have it, like, things, and I usually stay out of that the best I can, but every now and then they'll say something like, hey, I appreciate your opinion on that and I would love to talk to you about that. Um, and also, I want to learn. You know, I had um, uh, Kate Sanchez, who's a wonderful critic. And she pointed out uh, a part in Scare Package that she thought could have been handled better. And I was like, you know what? You're 100% right. And I love that I was able to, not crediting me, but I mean that she was able to articulate that. And I'm like, ooh, that's a note for me to be better, mm. especially as like a white filmmaker and like what I can do and things that I can do. So I was like, okay, that's that's good to know. And, you know, try to try to learn from that. So I, I, I you know, we listen. But I, the people that, you know, engage and love this stuff and um, it means the world. It's like the best feeling in the world. And I can speak for all direct all the directors in Scare Package too. Like we were we were all so like, oh my God, this night is insane, <laughs> you know? It's so cool. So it's a lot of fun. That's awesome. I did not know you yet. That's like when I first came to know you and I, we started talking via Twitter because of that night on Scare Package. But I was like, I don't even know this guy, but I'm so freaking excited for him right now because I just oh. felt like you were, again, just exuding joy. Like I can tell that you're a fan and you love what you do. But the most important thing, you appreciate those moments when they happen. And I can tell that you're like, you look back. I'm a very nostalgic person. So I feel yeah. like I'm very much the person who's like, oh, like to think about like, growing up watching Joe Bob and then having your movie play on Joe Bob, like what? Like that's just, so I I can tell that you like are just exuding this joy and appreciation for it. And I I was just like, this guy's awesome. He's a genuine dude and I love him. (laughs) Oh, that's, that's impossibly sweet. I mean, I mean, yeah. One of the things I say when I talk with film students is just, you work so, so hard. And these movies take, you know, it's care package was two and a half years, you know, and all this. And, and you work so hard and there's so many moments where like, Oh my God, am I going to make it through this? And, you know, I mean, for the pale door, I mean, I, I, I literally passed out and had to go to the hospital because I was so what? exhausted. Yeah, yeah, on New Year's Day um, from when I was editing and everything, we were trying to make a deadline for South by Southwest at the time and um, and didn't really end up mattering anyway. Um, and uh, uh, we hadn't gotten in, but we were trying to work that out. And and then, you know, I, I hadn't slept. I was only sleeping when the render would come out from Adobe Premiere and the ding, I turned on really loud. So oh, my God. <laughs> so I would just sleep for like those hour little blocks uh, and this was over the course of like three, four days and I just collapsed. I fell and I hit my head and I woke up and I had like blood all over me and everything. And uh, that was a bad, more blood. That should have been less blood. That's, yeah. No bueno uh, that blood. That was not the good. Yeah. No bueno blood. <laughs> uh, and, and that was, you know, like a wake up call for me. I'm like, wow, I am pushing myself too hard and I have to be mm-hmm. careful. And, you know, so you, you put so much into these things to like make these things happen. And there's so many factors that kind of come in and, you know, and I'm so I'm very hard on myself with all that stuff. But then what I've talked to film students is like, look, you're going to go through all this in Sarah, but when you have a moment, celebrate it, like just celebrate it, like take it in because that's what it's, that's what you're doing this stuff for. It's for those moments. So you just got to relish in it and take it and remember it and record everything you can about it. And, you know, all of this, because you're going to, you know, I ever have a kid, that's what I would like, hey, there was yeah. a day. They're like, who's Joe Bob Briggs? But I'm like, if you would have known. <laughs> Disowned. <laughs> so, 
We'll get a JBB Jr. by that time. Yeah. So, yeah. JBBJ. 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 Yeah. Something like that. Let's just add a lot of Bs. It's cool. Sure. Joe Bob. Bob Bob. Like a beatbox situation? Yeah, this is bad. This is bad. We're going. We're going off. We're going off. Back derail. All right, I got one last question for you then. Sure. You're the final girl. You're about to mow down all of your enemies. What song do you have playing for your kill montage? That's right. Okay. 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 So I feel like. Oh, what was it I said? I wrote, oh, 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 I know what it was. So I was thinking of like metric or something upbeat mm -hmm. or, you know, maybe like the XX or, you know, M83, something in that world that could be more dramatic. But I was thinking a, a song that I've edited to before, because I think that's, because that, again, you're asking like a filmmaker this, I'm thinking <laughs> right. about how to edit the scene. And I think uh, Passion Pit's Sleepyhead has oh. this like, <laughs> so it has this like, it ramps up and ramps down and it has natural edit beats. But also, I think you got to do slow motion moments, and you've really got to like <laughs> play this up in every way. So that song, I think, could you could edit it together, like really dramatic, like and get get something pretty cool. So and plus, it's just it's like a song that kind of gets you energized, and it's like right. really fun. And then, but then it like slows down, and you know, it's just it's got the ebbs and flows to to make the scene play the best. I feel like so. that is beautiful. I love that, and I'm way overdue for a sleepyhead. Uh, listen, it's been a while since I listened to that. It's, <laughs> it's that's kind of one of my favorite songs of all time. Like, oh, wow. not, like maybe not like top five, but it's somewhere high in the list of like. It's a fun. It's a fun, fun little song. You just like yeah. feel so many things when it happens. It just is just like joyful, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm. I am going through. They had they had new music out too. I'm making my. I make a new Spotify best of the year list every single mm. year, and uh, so I'm working on it now. And I've been listening to. Uh, I think they have like, some new stuff out too. So. I have to check oh, that out. All right. Plug for Passion Pit. I will go check that yeah. out also. <laughs> they need it. You know? You're like, new album drops. <laughs> I have no idea. I, I couldn't tell you anything else other than I think they have a new album. Oh, <laughs> uh, I thought maybe like in your spare time, you're like Passion Pit publicist or fan club yeah. <laughs> chair or something. I think I know three songs. I think I know three songs. Yeah. Also, you also don't have free time. You literally work until you pass out and your body's like, fuck you, I'm going down right now. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's really what happened. Like I just That's scary. Like, I woke up. I mean, I was so crazy. I hit I hit a, a book, but thankfully I landed uh, on the bed. So that's good. But if I hit like a table or something, yeah, I mean, it could have been no. yeah, it could have been awful. So yeah, that was a that was a wake up call. Um, you know, so I'm I'm better. But uh, but I am yeah, I mean we go we are going movie to movie to movie to movie right now so i'm just and i'm like says the guy who i don't even know he doesn't even know what state he's in i never know what state you're in you didn't even know what state you were in when we started this so i'm like yeah. take care of yourself you get one body yeah. take care of it please yeah i am i am in this weird thing where i feel like you know how like in la there are those little like you know, those cool bars that are like down some alley and whatever and like you have to know <laughs> somebody has to know somebody to, to get you there and like and it's such a microcosm of how hollywood works right it's like you gotta know somebody to get in this bar right. or whatever. and i feel like Okay, somehow I've been allowed into that bar, and there's no doorman right now. So I'm like putting a brick at the door, and I'm like, get my friends all in, <laughs> you know, like let's figure this out because I don't know how I got in, and you know, let's have fun and do something kind of weird with this. So it's like right now I have this opportunity to make a lot of movies, and there's opportunities being presented to myself and to my company, and I'm like, I don't know how long the door's gonna stay open. Somebody's <laughs> gonna find that brick and close it, 
So might as well get everybody in I can, make these movies, and then it's like fraud. Go away. <laughs> no. I'm like, oh, you know. I don't you're, know. That's you're in the bar. You're in the club. You're good. You can <laughs> stay there. <laughs> I'll try. I'm trying. I'm trying. Like, I appreciate that mentality, but also, like, sleep sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You know. You gotta. Balance. It's about the balance. We gotta find the balance. I'm doing better. I'm doing better. I really okay, am. I really good. am doing All right. I'm just yeah. going to scold you, like, periodically. Yeah. Like, you're going to get a weekly message from me. Like, are you fucking resting? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm not kidding. I have multiple friends who do that. That's good. Those are good I friends. I have friends. Yes, I do. I do. Uh, I have friends, including my mom, also. Good, good. Who just constantly is like, <laughs> I feel like I'm talking about my mom a lot on this. It's, like, come up as a thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, she does. She'll be like, Aaron, are you taking your vitamins or are you getting rest? <laughs> like, you know, what's going on? So, you better not be lying when you write back and you're like, yes, mom. Meanwhile, you yeah. haven't slept in freaking 32 hours. Yeah, she knows. She okay. knows. Moms always feeling. know. It's like the spidey sense. The it's original spidey sense. <laughs> yes, it's a thing. It's such a thing. Yeah. And on that note, <laughs> it has been wonderful to have you. Thank you so much. Yeah. My pleasure. I've always wanted to be. I love your show, and you're wonderful, and I love what you're doing. So thank you for thank talking you. to me and talk, watching my movies and stuff. So. <laughs> Appreciate All right, it. one last plug today. It's today, technically. Okay, Pale Door, Hit Shutter today, Scener Watch Party, Saturday night. What time do you know? Uh, nine Eastern, six Pacific, I believe. Okay, question yeah. mark? Okay. Yeah, it's, 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 I'll promote it. There's there's images okay. on Fangoria, Shutter, you know, Scener, all that stuff. And yeah, we'll be there with a lot of the cast chatting along as it's as it's happening so maybe you should watch it first on shutter then do the party and then after we'll do like a video q a and some fun stuff and, and all Perfect. that maybe we'll give away stuff i don't know we'll, Ooh, I don't, okay. we'll figure something out so, <laughs> okay yeah. all right sounds good and i will link to your stuff so people can find you and all that good thank stuff you. all right thank you so much yeah uh, my pleasure excited to watch again on saturday with the watch party with great Q&A. yeah yeah we'll be on we'll be on <laughs> Right, but yeah, this was, this was a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. Once again, thank you so much to Aaron for joining us today. Make sure to check out The Pale Door on Shudder. That just dropped today. And this Saturday night is The Watch Party with cast and crew, courtesy of Fango and Scener. So get in on that. And one more little tidbit for you before I go. Do yourselves a favor and check out Secret Santa. Pick up a copy. This is a super fun holiday horror comedy by Andrew Schaefer. Get your copy give it a read, and we can discuss, because I really, really enjoyed this one. And we can discuss, because I really, really enjoyed this one, so I would like to have people to talk to about it. Secret Santa, Pale Door, now streaming on Shutter. watch party on Saturday night. Boom. When my neighbors walk by, my blinds are kind of open. I wonder if they ever peek in, like, what the fuck is she doing? That's all I got. As always, thank you so much for watching, listening. Please share, rate, comment, subscribe. It is super duper helpful to me when you leave ratings and reviews over on Apple Podcasts. So thank you so much to those of you who have taken the time to do that. And if you haven't yet, please do. Ah, I'm allowed to say this now because they posted it. I had the chance to do a special edition Convo Fango panel for... Hit that drum roll. Monster Hunter! Ta-da! Yes, it was fucking cool. Yes, I was losing my mind over that because... What? How many times did I see Event Horizon in the theater when it came out? I can't even tell you. How many times did I watch Resident Evil when it came out? I can't tell you that either. Because I'm bad at math and I lost track. Because it was a lot. That video will be up on Fangoria's YouTube on Friday and I will post a link to that when that's ready. And that's all I got. I'll catch you next week for some more spooky shit.